0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff and I'm from Twickenham CC and I'm very pleased to be able to welcome three esteemed souls alongside me to chat about all things Middlesex. First up, we have Salman Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. Hi, chaps. Good evening. Good evening. And uh, alongside him, we have Nick Brown, who's from Hampstead CC, and of course is the uh, Secretary of the League. Evening, Nick. Good evening. Thank you very much for inviting me. Our pleasure, Nick, our pleasure. No better place to start, I think, with a new podcast about a league than with that league secretary. Finally, we also have in the background, making sure all of this works, um, a fellow member of Twickenham CC, Eugene Berger. Eugene, are you there, Gov? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Very well. Great to have you on board. Eugene is our, our technical um, aficionado here. He's making sure that we record things properly and this all gets out onto the, um, you know, onto the World Wide Web. So um, he, he really is the key man, even if uh, we might not hear that much from him today. I was going to kick off, guys, by asking you to say a little bit more about yourselves. Nick, do you want to kick off? Of course.
2: Um, Well, I came down, I've played cricket pretty much all my life. I came came down to London, if you like, permanently, so that's aside from university, in about 1996. And when I first started, I was carrying on playing in the North Wales Cricket League because I was captain of the team up there.
1: And Marble, which, I which ju- team? I didn't know notice. Which team were you captain on?
2: I was captain of Markville Cricket Club. The, I know Markville very well. Yes, with, in the in what was in the Macalpine Estate, but is no yep. longer in the Macalpine Estate. That, one of the finest grounds that you could ever wish to play.
1: I have. Um, um, I got a golden duck. I got a diamond duck at Markville, no less. First is ball that of the game. Right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> is that right?
1: I well, I'm still, yeah. in, I'm still in
2: contact with John Bell, the uh, esteemed uh, former chairman of the club, and uh, he lives in Thailand now, and, uh, and, and, uh, and a great sage and orator about anything to do with cricket. You could lose many hours and days sitting with John Bell talking about his stories about cricket. There is no cricket place he's not been to and no cricket experience he hasn't had, and life experience, Marvelous. quite frankly. But uh, yes, so I came down to London in '96. Uh, I started playing for Hampstead in '98, um, and I have been there ever since. I have. So I catching, Nick, can you?
0: Sorry,
1: I was going to ask both of you. Can, can you just tell us your first ever game then in the county league? And I'll get on to well, what we're going to talk about in terms of um, the county league in due course. Well, I'm keen to know what was your first game in the county league, and what do you remember? All? Well,
2: yeah, uh, well. I think, I, 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 I looked up on the, the ham- because we keep most of our records on play cricket, but back then we didn't quite the same. But when I first started in the County League, it was just, um, I think, 17 or 18 teams, one league, you played everybody once and that was it. And my recollection of my first game was away at Enfield. And I don't Nice place to play, m- good place to bat. Yeah, absolutely good place to start. Uh, I don't remember much about the game. I don't remember we batted second. I remember, and I can remember me batting uh, pretty slowly, which was a bit, which wasn't really my, uh, and, and sort of in a measured way, trying to walk our way up to the t- total. And then myself and the other guy got out, and we ended up winning the game. I think I- I- in a much more tight game than, than it ought to have been. And that I think was my first ever game for Hampstead Cricket Club in the second eleven. In about 1998,
1: at Enfield, so playing in the second eleven. Cool, thanks, Nick. Um, Sal, how about you? What, what, a bit of your cricket background and your first game in the county league. Can you can you run so, us through it?
0: Yeah, so I started well, started at North London, and obviously still there now, not playing anymore though. Um, that's probably going back around 25 years now, and started off in the third eleven, played in two seasons there, capped in the third eleven. Moved into the twos, captain the twos, and then sort of flitted in between the ones and the twos for sort of my rest of my time there. My first game, I can't remember it entirely. I think it was Barnes away, but I remember my first, first 11 game, which was played away at um the old Barclays Bank team, which sort of became oh. Barnet afterwards, I think, um, yeah, they in did. 2000. This was in 2000. And I've got the scorecard here because I managed to get it on our, on our website. And we won... So you really are an
1: Anorak, aren't you? I'm impressed.
0: Oh, honestly. You, you know me, mate. Um, and actually, convincing win. And in that team, we had Tom Wakeford playing, who's still playing now. Played in the first team this season. So that's like 19 years ago. And he's still, he's still yeah. turning out for us. And we also had, um, not sure if many people know this, but Simon managed used to play for North London Cricket Club, the Match special commentator. Really? And he, played, he that. played that day. Yeah, he was a, a durable sort of number six, seven, Chrissie's sort of batsman, fantastic fielder, played his cricket really hard, and he was a regular one-player for us until he stopped playing, obviously, and started his commentating career. Um, and we won quite easy. My figures that day, I'll let you know cricket if you want to, were uh, seven overs, <laughs> four maidens, not for five.
1: You I thought it was going to be good I would say we
2: didn't. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah I was right. going to say, no, we not. We were going to get them come what may, and they were never going to be seven overs, no maiden, none for 84, were they? Yeah. Well, that's probably happened once, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was that, that was good, It was good a good win
0: Comfortable win for us Yeah That, that was my Excellent. Sort of Excellent Initial introduction I
1: should say as well My, my first game uh, <coughs> I, I came down Much like you Nick at the uh, About 20 odd years ago from, from Shropshire Hence I know Mark Wheel And um, my first game In the County League Of course Because we only joined The County League in 2007 Was at Barnet Bees So uh, Barnet Bees Were an amalgamation Of Barnet and Barclays um, Didn't last long As Barnet Bees they, they they dropped out Of the league Soon after that And uh, we won At Barnet And it's it's it, the one and only season in our entire history in the Middlesex County League at Twickenham where Carlos Nunes has not been captain. Um, and John Varney was the captain then. So uh, we, we won pretty easily. We had a good season. And as was a constant, I didn't do much. Uh, that season, we hmm. were we were pretty strong batting-wise. So uh, I, I didn't bat on that day. And I think I only batted six times all year because because um, we, we had quite a strong top order. Um, good stuff. Guys, um, what, what just I a little would bit. Say,
2: what, what, what I would say, Dan... If you don't mind, is that I'm not sure that there could be a more stark contrast between the first game you played at Barnet Bees yep. away and the game that I played at Enfield. Because I remember playing at Barnet Bees and it was the worst wicket I've ever played on, and I and I played in working Ooh, men's club cricket. Yeah, wor- I played in working men's club cricket when I first started playing. And I wrote, I will never re- forget Ross Antrobus, uh, second eleven stalwart of Hampshire, saying, these wickets never play as, b- as bad as you think. And, uh, huh. and, uh, and, and my, my northern background, I think I might have got 30 that day. And that isn't why I remember it. But, I mean, it was, it was... I remember there was a lad bowling spin who was pretty much pitching it off the strip and still turning it back so you had to play it. I mean, it was wow. so bad. They're, they, I mean, you know, with respect to the, the administration there, they are no loss to the Middlesex County Cricket League.
1: These are big words from a league secretary, although <laughs> I see the angle. What I would say is we, we'd spent um, all of our cricketing uh, history, Twickenham, that is, in the Middlesex Championship. And and the, the times that we played county league clubs, we, we, we'd we played Finchley, we'd played Teddington, we'd played Richmond. So when when we finally got promoted, we were overjoyed. And, of course, we we all, we all know to Barnett on a really wet May day. And we had a really good overseas, Pete Carey, a New Zealand guy. And he faced the very first ball that we, we, you know, we received as a club in the county league. And it came along at about 15 mile an hour. Uh, it was just so wet and, 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 and slushy almost. But uh, yeah, it wasn't quite how we envisaged it being, I'll be honest. And I have to say, things have got much better um, since. The, this, <laughs> the rest of the league, thankfully, uh, is a slightly, uh, a slightly better uh, place to play the game than, than perhaps Barnett was back in the day. What I was going to say, guys, it might be worth just saying why we're doing this. And um, what the aims are. First of all, we're speaking for ourselves. Um, The the Middlesex County Cricket League, um, we're not speaking for them. We're not giving out new league statements. Uh, We're not sort of coming up with new ideas that that are suddenly league rules. Far from it. This is just uh, three guys talking about what interests them in and around the county league. Um, We're doing it as part of a move to um, really to broaden the way that the county league talks about itself and sells itself. I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that, Sal. Because of course you've done news reports. We have a Twitter feed. This is part of a bigger strategy, right?
0: Yeah, I mean we're just trying to expand how we how sort of, sort of sell the product. I imagine of the league itself. We have, we have a new section. We've got a Twitter page, um, and this is like sort of, the, sort of the next kind of avenue we're looking to explore. So we are podcast featuring obviously players within the league itself, uh, committee members, officials. And anyone else associated with the league. So, you know, it's going to be like a weekly occurrence, hopefully. And obviously, yeah, again, it's just it's just something that people can sort of, you know, connect to and um, listen into every every sort of week to get their sort of weekly dosage of stuff that's happening in the league itself from yeah. people who are in their own kind of thing, really.
1: I think it's fair to say weekly dosage during the season. I suspect that through yeah, the long winter yeah. months, it might not be quite as free. Although I'm like you, no. you guys. I, I could talk about it for hours on hour and end. I'd just end up getting divorced if I did that. So, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, all good. Um, what I would say, Nick, you've already sort of ruined this, uh, to be honest. I was going to say we, we're going to try and be positive uh, and we're going to try and, uh, and talk about sort of things that interest us. And we, we have no beef with any clubs other than Barnet, evidently. Um, we have no beef with any clubs and we're not going to do do... Uh, we're not here to do anyone a disservice it's just really to talk about what happens uh, be positive be interested and be curious and if Sal's around be statistically up to date i suspect uh, on on all that's going on um all that's going on in the league um nick i was going to come to you You, you've you've been secretary for a couple of years right um three years years, i think three years (laughs) three years and the the league's come a long way in that in, in that period lots has changed i mean uh, as has to be the case. But can you give us a bit of a background on the league? Talk to us about, uh, you know, sort of where it started. I mean, you don't have to go into great detail, but where is the league now? How would you summarise our, our current position?
2: Well, let's do that. Let's do that in two parts. I mean, the the league started in, in 1972. Uh, that, that predates me. And... Um, <laughs> and...
1: And, and me for the uh, record <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and, and up until uh, and up until the the advent of the ECB Premier League, it was played as a cl- as if I recall correctly as a closed shop I, I think right. it was i think it was eighteen teams and you paid everyone once and everyone had a everyone had a free week during the season, and that was it. Uh, well, yo, know, and um, and then they to the advent of the ECB Premier League, which which um, I wasn't secretary then, but the the um, the mandate from the ECB was that leagues needed to be open, so needed to have promotion and relegation. And um, I remember uh, the first year of um, the, the, the people at Ealing won't necessarily want to remember this, but. In the, uh, I think it was the first year of the, the before the, before it was decided who was going to because it was going to be leagues of ten. It was there were obviously eighteen teams in the league, so it was the top top ten where it stayed, and the bottom eight went into Division Two. And in the first season, when the relegation was decided, Ealing were in Division Two. E- Ealing finished in the bottom in the in the bottom eight, and uh, and Hampstead too, as I recall. And uh, and so for the sec- so for the first season of the ECB Premier League, I think Ealing were in the were in the, the second division or the first division, whichever you want to call it, the the second tier. And mm. I I would imagine it was the I, but I think it was the only year that they ever spent outside the ever ever spent out that outside that, and and not long after they went on that historic nine nine years in a row win. Yeah. So um so that was the county league of three divisions of uh, three. If you like, I call them columns because it's wrong to call them pyramids. Really, three tiers of uh, three of uh, of ten, and that existed for quite some time. Out of interest, um, was there any?
1: Has anyone ever talked about this? I appreciate it's before your time, but because where yeah. we come from, it's generally twelve teams in the league, and it still is in in Birmingham, the, the, the league I know best. Um, I've never yeah. heard any serious discussions in Middlesex about that. Do you know if there ever were any? i don't I mean I can only assume that because clubs were
2: accustomed to playing 17 stroke eight seventeen games the the decision was that they continue playing circuit mean, mean you go to 10 and play 18 games so you don't have a bye week as opposed to the Birmingham League and other leagues that play 24 games where you're playing a bank holidays oh, and yeah, st- yeah, yeah. Or, or are you playing play some bank hol- or 22 20, and you're playing bank holidays and and, um, and starting a bit earlier and maybe finishing later.
1: It's yeah, ne- that, that seems very difficult. logical. Yeah, that seems it, very logical, it, it, and, and I think with the Birmingham League as well, they've even gone one step further this year. They had playoffs this year, um, mm. and so you had uh, the Shropshire, Warwickshire, Worcestershire, and Staffordshire leagues, or so the winners of those leagues, all went into a round robin tournament at the end of the season to decide which two mm. would go into the Birmingham League. So, it felt like they played about 180 games a season. It was crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've we've sort of moved on to something, moved on to something else, and I'd like I'd like to come back to that. That idea, that idea of that idea of playoffs. So, if, if cool. just yeah. um, the uh, so the league uh, for for once it went in the Premier League was three columns of three with promotion and relegation between the two, and then the 1987 league fed into the bottom tier of the th- of what was the Third Eleven League. It was called Third Eleven League then because it was only Third Elevens that played in it, and uh, and then the Middlesex Championship had. Had uh, theoretical promotion into the bottom of the county league. I, I understand that a number of clubs failed to get in on a ver- for a variety of reasons. Um, who'd won the, the champion? Who'd won the Middlesex Championship, but but weren't allowed in for a variety of reasons: ground quality and, yeah. and te- tenure and that type of stuff.
1: In practice, and, Nick, it was really Osterly, who were ridiculously strong at that, and we came second. I think three years running. And right. um, they, they were a really strong team, but they didn't meet uh, a number of the criteria. You're right. So we uh, yeah. we have to twiddle our thumbs and try and win the next year. Yeah. So uh,
2: so that existed for years, for a long time, as far as I could see. And then then the then the first part of the expansion was the um, amalgamation or the takeover of the 1987 league. And that that in truth was very straightforward and made a lot of sense. Uh, the 1987 league were, was uh, five divisions of ten teams, so circa fifty, so circa fifty teams, and they had promotion and relegation. Uh, and the top, uh, I think it was top two, or maybe it was top one. No, top, it went, one, but top f- one. It was top yep. one. So the top team in the in the first division of the 1987 league would replace the bottom team in um, of the third division of the 3rd 11s, and uh, and that existed for years and years and years, and, and the 1987 League administration did a fantastic job in providing cricket for all the teams and players that wouldn't otherwise get games in the Middlesex County League, because all the County League had was 3rd 11s, so it was really smaller clubs, and 4th uh, 11s, to the extent that clubs had 4th 11s back then. The Hampstead didn't have a 4th 11 back then, I, I I'm, uh, because I know when the Hampstead 4th 11 started. Um, so the, the the 1987 league did a fa- fantastic job, but over the years of the 1987 league, which one assumes started in 1987, Fair what guess. happened? Yep. What, what what happened was that um, the county league clubs expanded and got more teams, and it got to the point where of the fifty. Uh, 1987 league teams I think 40 to 40 plus were affiliates of um, county league clubs so it would have been Twickenham fours and Twickenham fives and eventually Hampstead fours and Hampstead fives and uh, North Middlesex and uh, Highgate and Ealing Richmond I think they're the only ones that run five teams I hope, I'm. it's not Finchley. North London, North London, North London, North London London run five. That's right. Thank you for that. And, um, and so the, 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 um, there was a, you know, a merger, which sort of suited everyone, I think. And uh, that happened
1: uh,
2: two years ago, two years ago, perhaps, I think. I think this this
1: was the first year. Yeah, this is the first year. Was but this the third year? So 19, 7, yeah. 2019 was the first year, and um,
2: as far as I can see, uh, it's worked. It's worked pretty well. Um, we um, can. Can
1: I give a special shout out there though to Winchmore Hill fifths, right? And the reason I say that is that <laughs> poor Old I know Winchmore why, but... Hill fifth. Yeah, you know where this is going to go. But uh, people may not be aware, but the the 98th, the, the, um, the the lower echelons of the county league is regionalised, and I totally understand the logic of that. Um, but Winchmore Hill Fourths are in Division Six A, which is the lowest level, the, 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 sixth tier. And, uh, Winchmore Hill Fifths had to go in Division Six B, which is basically South Middlesex. Um, and so a lot of, all of their away games were at places like Twickenham, um, Richmond, uh, uh, and so forth. So I always felt sorry for those guys, you know, they talk about having, um, the odd long away trek. They had it every other week. And, and, you know, they, they came mid-table. They got through it. And, um, and, you know, fingers crossed that, which male fours can get their act together, and they can move across to the north in due course.
2: Well, yeah. Do you want me to give a? Do you want me to give a a exclu- <laughs> an exclusive? A, a oh, exclusive we're all over there. On... Yes, far away. Well, um, I am often criticised for uh, trying to change things too much. I was the advocate of coloured clothing, pink balls. All sorts of other changes, and and, uh, and 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 I feel that my role as league secretary is 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 one to continually put uh, the fray, push the envelope, or continually raise the standards, and can te- keep moving, keep moving the Middlesex County League forward. Um, and uh, at a, it was a very timely this discussion because we had a Middlesex League executive meeting. There are five on the executive currently. Um, last night, and at the at the meeting last night, it was agreed that um, it will be put to the put to the AGM, which takes place. Uh, with the date isn't out, but I think it's going to be. The, I think we agreed it last night. I think it's the 25th of November. Uh, that in the regionalised part of the county league, we will allow two teams from the same club to play in the same division.
1: Ooh, now that could be now, interesting at the AGM. I'm not sure everyone's going to love that. We'll see well, how it goes. No, it, like it's that. just mm. it, yes, that's right. I mean, the
2: idea, the, the part of the reason for that is that when we did the first season, the regionalization worked very well with the with the exception of Winchmore Hill. But this season, we've had a number of there there, there have come up a number of other issues, and. Uh, if we break away from the principle of regionalisation, then effectively we end up with a mishmash after after not too long, and, we, and it's no longer regionalised. And I think the principle of the regionalisation is to encourage clubs to um, encourage participation by shortening the overall travel time. And we felt that that um, you know stopping clubs getting promoted because their their fourth they're eleven are in Division Five and their fifth eleven. Have got promoted, but they can't get promoted. We just thought that 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 isn't really in keeping with the spirit of the idea of regionalisation. There just you know, there is no um, appetite or desire to spread that any further than the regionalised portion of the league. So the the bot- currently Fifth the bottom four, yeah. the the, bo- the bottom four divisions of the league. Because I know that there'll be some people that are concerned that that this is the this is the start of you know, allowing, the, you know, uh, if you like, a full, uh, you know, a full, tr- full movability of all clubs. But that isn't the idea. I mean, it's really to allow at the lowest end where I'm not going to decry the lower end because people are playing at the level that they're playing at and they're enjoying it exactly the same as the guys in the first 11. But but uh, we want to make sure that, that you know, that, that their experience isn't, Detracted by having long journeys all the time. When you have got young players and you have to get five or six young lads to a game, I, you know. It, I think it. I think it just makes sense. So anyway, it's not agreed because, it, but it's been agreed by the the executive that we're going to put it forward to the AGM for the clubs to vote on. And then something then the to be discussed. That's nice. The dice will fall where they fall.
1: Absolutely, I can see the logic. I, I suspect there'll be an interesting discussion around that one um, come the end of November. Um, so, yeah, hold the back page there, guys. Let's hope the sun pick up on that and we can have a big splash tomorrow morning when we open our newspapers. Um, Sal, I was going to ask you, um, there's talk, and, and we talked about this actually when uh, um, we were doing the Twickenham CC podcast not so long ago, about the role of the Middlesex Championship here. And, and you played in the Championship, much as I have. Um, well, what, where do you think the Championships could end up in, in future years? Do you think the Championships could well be integrated into the Canyon League? Do you think that's what the Championship wants? What's the future of that? Because it's the loose part of the column, isn't it, as it were? It's the one bit that doesn't that doesn't seem to fit at the moment. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I think the natural progression should be that they join the structure that we're involved in and sort of form the pyramid with the 87 League now, obviously, as Dan, so Nick has explained and Counter League set up into three divisions. Uh, it, it's just, it's a natural progression in my eyes. I can't see why it shouldn't happen. Obviously, there may be some sort of stumbling blocks along the way. But their structure is now exactly the same as our structure. So, obviously, they had a different point system a few years back, which has now been changed. It's the same as our point structure. They play the same format now in the ones where they play a split season with the limited overs and the time cricket. So, it's all geared towards now becoming part of our league. Mm. Uh, so And also, we've, we've, you know, we've all sort of members of the MCCL now playing in that league as well now, if you look at Division One. I think there's four yeah, or five some X. Yeah, names in, in there, aren't they? You're right. right. Actonians, so, yeah, Kenton. You know, Southampton got promotion, I think, this year. But, yeah, you said old Axe, Brent from Twos playing in, in the Twos division. So, in my eyes, it just makes sense for it to happen, really. And also, in terms of the officials, I know the counter-league, in terms of the umpires' um, situation, they often start off in the championship when they get promotion into the counter-league as well. So, there's really a link created there in terms of the officials. So surely the next step would be for the leagues to join as one. Um, I'm not sure Mm. how far they are. I'm sure Nick can elaborate on that. Um, I was going to say, Nick, I don't want to push you to betray any
1: secrets, but is is, is this a discussion that's ongoing about the role of the championship? No,
2: there's there's no no secret here at all. It's been been very transparent. Um, um, uh, One of the things that I have tried to do during my tenure as secretary is to add – Significant amount of transparency about what's going on in the county league, so that 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 extends to decisions that we make and committee minutes and uh, executive meetings and all that. So this is this is pretty much in the public domain. Um, you know, the the uh, Middlesex Championship clubs voted unofficially unanimously to join the county league. Um, not that they'd had an invite to join, but it was indicative of what they wanted to do and that um and also at the AGM uh in November there will be a vote put to the county league clubs to do a phased migration of the Middlesex championship starting in the 2020 season 2020 so next year next year yeah okay interesting and that interesting. and that phased migration is real is uh, and the reason we're doing it phased and not and not like one stop, like we did with the with the, the with the with the 1987 league. Is the 1987 league was a very simple fit, and it was just bolted on very easily with no real consequential amounts of admin. <coughs> there were there were precious few new clubs, but uh, that's significantly different with the championship. So the idea is that we would the proposal is that we will take the division, the current Division One of the Championship First Elevens. And the current division one of the championship second 11s and and create a division four of the county league in 2020. And then the remainder of the clubs will join in 2021. That's the proposal that's going to leak. There is only one, there's no, um, that's not cut into two pieces. That's one vote. You know, there's no intent, there's no intention to, uh, Take the top guy, take the top league, and then just abandon the remainder. It's the, the you know the the uh, the vote will be we're taking them all, but in a phased process or none at all.
1: And facilities issues will it, will that check yeah. still be in place
2: somewhere? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, you you can you, I mean you're re- you're reading or you're getting all the stuff before the, all the executive comes out. So uh, executive minutes come out. So um, part also of the process of um, of the transition and giving us some time is that an exercise will be undertaken whereby all of the Middlesex championship clubs will all be given a grading of sorts with regard to their facilities. And um, that grading will define the maximum level that they can attain within the county league structure.
1: Okay. No, that, that sounds, that sounds plausible. I don't want to get, I mean, AGMs are always rock and roll when you're secretary, Nick. I know that, but this one sounds like <laughs> going to be a particularly interesting one because we've got, you know, got some really interesting changes that are proposed there. So, um. There's plenty sorry, of other ones. Oh, there's plenty of, there's plenty of there's other more. changes. Well, we'll plenty get back to those, ones. Nick. I'm, I'm conscious yep. of, of sure. the time a little bit. It does sound like things are moving and that's always, always interesting. Last question I have for you, actually, on, uh, on, on this sort of stuff was about the County Cricket Club. Um, You know, we we all wish Middlesex County Cricket Club well and, and, um, you know, that they have their ups and downs, but they've always been very supportive of of our league. Um, Can you say just a little bit about the nature of that relationship? I mean, do do you have um, regular discussions with people up in the county league and and, uh, in the county club? Where where do we start with that?
2: Uh, Well, I personally don't. The the relationship with Middlesex is managed exclusively by Bob Baxter, the chairman of the league. Right. Pretty much. Um, I would say the relationship between us is good in many ways, and could be better in other ways. they very support the 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 Middlesex, Middlesex County Cricket Club are very supportive of our initiatives. The area from a personal perspective that I don't feel that they've been uh, sufficiently supportive of is uh, getting their fringe players playing in the county league. That's right. The, I mean, and I have quite. i mean, you know, and the, these are my personal views. They're not. They're not league views. But of course, yeah. Um, uh, but I think now it, it's slightly different. More difficult now because Middlesex, as a county, have have trimmed their staff quite a lot. But um, you know, other counties, I think, would be m- would be more stringent about having their fringe players playing in the Middlesex in the Middlesex League. I don't believe that. Um, that uh, the Birmingham the, the people contracted to Warwickshire would be allowed to go and play in Liverpool.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good, not the way they, they generally at... roll. You're
0: right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and can and, I ask uh, a question?
0: Sorry, Nick. A minute gone. Yes, No, a good question. In terms of the obviously the allocation set early in the season regarding yeah. which players will pay for which club on paper, is yeah. is the decision for them to play managed by the player or is it Alan Coleman or someone else up in the club who looks at workload? Injuries, etc., and decides yes. you can play this week or you can't. Well, um, this year I will say,
2: with in all credit to Alan Coleman, is that uh, the the amount of communication that took place between him and the clubs was was a sea change to what has ever been done before. You know, he set up a WhatsApp group, and uh, you know, and communicated early in the weeks to all the clubs about who was available and who was not available uh the you know so i think this year was significantly better in that regard um and he decides who can play and who can't play and uh but he and in conjunction with uh i think primarily bob and to some extent the players themselves you know we get to the allocation I mean, it has been a matter of some you know debate and discussion and disagreement amongst the middlesex staff about you know allocations Players not wanting to go to certain clubs and that type of stuff. I've got no
1: idea what you mean, Nick. I've got no, no angle on this whatsoever.
2: <laughs> but, um, but you know, um, you know, and it's so. It, so in that respect, it's quite difficult. But you know, I remember Angus Fraser saying that that uh, when when there was an issue, and there's been a variety of issues, and and we had to put some emergency rules in in one season about middlesex players. I remember Angus Fraser saying that he had no obligation to make the playing field fair in the county league with regard to Middlesex allocation players. And that's true. I believe that it's our job as the Middlesex executive <laughs> to ensure that Middlesex County Cricket Club do not distort the fair balance of the
1: county league. Well, I so, think this is uh, a tough one, Nick, and I, I i should be a bit more open. Obviously, we're, we're, Twickenham's a long way from Lords, and most of these guys who play for Twickenham um, unless they come from our hood, don't don't live round by us, and, and trekking round to Twickenham Green, you know, you know, with our wonderful outfield, uh, um, and you know, it, it's not nearly as attractive as say playing much <laughs> closer, where you know, somewhere like Finchley maybe. Um, so so we, we've traditionally felt that we, we, we've never got you know the rubber the green in terms of the place, but what we would say is we, we totally get why, we totally get what's going on here. You know, Middlesex County Cricket Club has to try and get Middlesex winning. Well, what happens with, with the clubs in the league is got to be secondary for those guys. So we've sort 100%. of stopped, stopped stop worrying about it, to be honest. We'll take, take whoever is allocated to us and we'll, we'll welcome them in and we'll, we'll you know, we'll force them to eat a braai, uh, as, as the way. Um, but we, hmm. you know, we, we've long since sort of got over worrying about it too much. I mean, we were allocated Tim Myrtle one year and, um, you know, th- the last thing Tim Myrtle would want to do is turn up at Twickenham Green and be asked to bowl 10 overs after a, a tough week, mm. a tough week, sort of ploughing around uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the county championship. So we get it, and I said yes. Other clubs want to think of it in in that in that way as well. If the dice falls luckily for you, great. If it doesn't, just get on with it.
0: I think well, also yes. here, I, well, sorry, go on. what I was going to say I'd, is that the, is that
2: the dice yeah. does appear to fall in favour of some clubs more than others.
1: Yeah, that's life, so isn't it really? And and I say that as a club, we don't feel we've been particularly lucky, but you know, in the in the end. When we've done well as a club, it's been because we've had a strong unit that's played good cricket as a team. Um, and very rarely of our Middlesex players, when we've had them, um, contributed that much that th- they've been significantly better or, or they've, they've done yeah. stuff that, that, that we feel has been truly outstanding. I totally get some clubs have, uh, you know, have had more luck than others, but I think it's one of those tough ones, Nick. I'm not sure what the perfect answer is. Yeah. I, don't I, think... there
2: is a, I don't believe there is a perfect answer to it. At, I don't yeah, I... believe there's a
0: perfect answer at all. So how much I want the credits with this. I was just gonna say I was just mm. to say, I mean, obviously, you know, you, this good and bad experience of, of the whole situation, but the clubs who do bring through their own young, young players do benefit in the long run. So oh, Ealing yeah. and North Middlesex have both had cricketers come through the system, gone to play professionally, and yet can still turn out for them. So I'm sure, you know, obviously the incentive is for all clubs to produce their home homegrown cricketers you can play professionally in the long run. Um, but having having that it does give you that added advantage. So, for instance, Bambas play for Northwood this season when available. Um, Holman and Cracknell, obviously. You've got Robbie Wyatt to Ealing in the past where they play for them, Podmore. So, you know, if, you, if you've got your own players coming through and, and, and they're still within the system itself, then obviously there's more chance you're going to have your contracted players playing for you. If you haven't got that, then obviously it's a difficult
1: situation like you've experienced that to kind itself. In the past. Well I uh, I think that's a very fair point, you know, and a lot of clubs benefit simply because they they've produced these players. And um um I don't think it's always easy to produce players. You know, unless no, you're in the not. top flight, yeah, then then often, you know, good young cricketers will gravitate to the good clubs at the moment. So it becomes like a, a virtuous circle for the for the really big clubs. But again, do I have a better answer for this? No. I think it's it's one problem that you just gotta sort of do what you can and then move on, really. Guys, I was going to ask, running a little bit out of time here, Nick, back back to you very quickly. Annual dinner uh, coming up yes. um, in the next few days. Yes. Any idea how many folks we're going to have there? Can you tell us much about it?
2: Yeah, the uh, yeah, menu's the menu, <laughs> the menu menu's been done. Uh, Vic Marks is going to be speaking. You will know why that is, Dan.
1: I have a rough idea, yes. yes. I think I could probably tell the world, actually, that uh, Clint McKay, a former a former player of Twickenham CC, and, and hopefully a future player of Twickenham CC as well, is um, is going to marry Vic Marks's daughter the day after uh, the annual dinner, and he's coming to the annual dinner, so I think everyone should be morally obliged to try and get him as uh, as blind drunk as possible. But yeah, that's um, that's going to be an interesting weekend for Clint, and we're great. It's great that Vic Marks can come along and uh, and speak on that weekend too. So good good coup I think for you guys. He's going to be an interesting speaker.
2: Yeah, very yeah, very much so. Terrific speaker. We will also be having a Q and A with some Middlesex players, and we will also be having the uh, biggest award ceremony that we've ever had because we'll
1: <laughs> yeah, be yeah. uh
2: 14 league titles. We've got um, four uh, players of the year. We've got three. Um, come on, Nick. What you, three fair play awards? We've got. We've got. Uh, we've got. We're going to have to start about three o'clock, o'clock at this rate, right, Nick. We've got, you got know the 2020 to... <laughs> winners. We've got the Middlesex Cup winners, and we've got uh, so three new awards this year as well.
1: That I have, that I'm not
2: going to. I'm not
1: going to disclose. Fantastic. And in terms of people going, um, are we took in a couple I of think hundred. We're
2: expecting three, hundred and fifty. We expect. I mean, yeah, we do have, we now have hundred and forty teams. Well, it was actually one hundred and thirty nine last year, but one hundred and forty teams, and each team has two, <coughs> excuse me, uh, two tickets allocated. And then you know, obviously, teams that do well bring more people. So we're expecting three hundred and fifty. I think.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's really no better place to have an annual dinner, an annual meeting uh, than Lords, right? I mean, it, there's no be- arguably no better place in the world, so uh, it should be as it always is um, a, a cracking night and you know, looking forward to it. Um, in terms of the AGM, I was just going to ask you about that. So, so we have a date, and you'll be the yeah. info quite soon. It's going to be end of November, yes. right? Uh, uh, yes, the
2: yes M- the, the the uh, notice will go out uh, in the next few days no i so, i've got i've got plenty of time in to get it out with it
1: within the due time oh i don't think anyone's knocking at your door feeling hard done by Nick. don't worry yeah we we know we'll get it in good time which is which is always good um last question then guys 2020 um so next year as as opposed to not not t20 um obviously north middlesex won the title and in our in one of our next pods we're hoping to speak to some of the north middlesex guys about their fantastic year What are you expecting? If I was to say one thing about the 2020 that you're looking forward to or expecting to see or interested by, what would you come up with? Sal, first go? What what are you going to be looking out for next season? Mine is to see if North Middlesex can actually retain the title
0: because it's such a Mm -hmm. hard job to win it in the first place that it's actually even harder to retain the next season because you are the team to beat. You're the one that everybody wants to do. Have the scalp of and say we've beaten last year's champions. I mean, obviously Richmond this year found it really difficult, Uh and obviously Eden had a great se- sort of set of season where they continue winning year after year. But since then, it's become quite a tricky thing to sort of replicate. So I'm interested to see how they get on. I know speaking to some of the players in the season as well, it, this was kind of their make or break year from what they told me because a couple of have become fathers during the winter. Uh The younger guys obviously may be playing more for middle set potentially. There's some university. Commitments coming into play as well now, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of side they have next season. They retain the same squad, obviously they a forced to beat, but there's always a new, new sort of up and coming pretender in the league, isn't there? So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Makes sense, Nick.
2: Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any rule change that, that is going to make things particularly interesting. I, I would like I, one thing I will say about the AGM, if you permit me is that I would dearly love some of the clubs to take a bit more of an active interest in what goes on in the league by actually putting forward some ideas to be voted on at the AGM. I don't recall the last time there was anything voted on or discussed at the AGM, which was actually, uh, sorry, voted on. There was stuff discussed. Voted on at the AGM that has been proposed by one of the clubs. You know, it's always left down to the league executive to do and um i don't think that that's particularly helpful uh you know when i go around as Mm -hmm. i'm chairman of the hampstead and i go around to lots of clubs and and i hear other chairmen having ideas and they'll complain about this and complain about that and i say to them that you know if they don't like something they can propose an idea to change it and and it is tumbleweed every year when I send out the note saying you've got four weeks to put forward a proposal to the you know, to the AGM. So hopefully this year, you know, somebody will come up with, um, you, know, with you know, with something, you know, something to try and move, you know, to move the game forward. People, I can't, I, myself, Laurie Allen, Keir Hopley, John Reeve and Bob Baxter cannot be the only people that have any, that's the league executive for anyone who's, who's interested, why I'm in those names. Cannot be the only people that have got any ideas about how to move the game forward and are prepared to actually put their name behind them
1: fair comment fair com- I mean my f- from where I am as well um i I think the league is, is coming on leaps and bounds, and there's one thing i 'd like to see more of and that and and I speak as a club that's already got this and and you have Nick and that 's the use of something like pitch vision um, we we've this year at Twickenham had all of our games on the green uh, live on YouTube. And I put my hand up. I was a skeptic at the beginning. I thought, do, do we really need this? And it, it's been nothing short of a revelation because uh, people from our club can watch watch games wherever they are in the world. And I was watching them from China for a period this year, um, and I, I think it's been fantastic because you can actually watch yourself bat and bowl. You can you, you can see highlights packages of individuals. I'm not on commission. I should say that, but I, I think it's been it's been fantastic. So I think if, if more clubs can move along that route, it's it's really Useful way of uh, of learning more about your game, and of course we've had one or two YouTube moments when daft things have happened, as, as you know, as does happen on village greens that that we've got now recorded for posterity and 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 will be watched time and time again um, over the years. So that's that's one of my hopes that more and more clubs uh, dive into that and, and give it a go.
2: If I, um, if I can just 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 say one thing to reply to that, I agree hundred percent. What I do think, however. Is that we just need to be careful that we don't end up with the uh, the uh, my action replay or the Crick vision or whatever it whatever it is as being some sort of kangaroo court for the umpires
1: because oh, crikey. Uh, yeah, 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 they, yeah. They,
2: they are they are there are occasions where they're used in that way and um it's not helpful you know we we only exist. We only exist because we have got umpires to officiate our games. We need to be doing everything we can to encourage them, and using using Crit Vision or any or my action replay to you know to uh, forensically take apart a decision that an umpires make and put that
1: out on social media is not helpful. Why? Well, and not, it, has, and it has. And, oh, and okay. it has well, happened. I was going to say, that's, that's really not, not the way that that should be. One thing I would say, we've used it the other way around, Nick. And um, as I say, I t- totally buy that because everyone makes mistakes. But the people we're after are the batsmen who are never out. Every club's got <laughs> half a dozen of them. And was you, you know that LBW that was going four yards down leg? Eh, not really. It was pretty damn close to leg. You were out. And we've had a number of those at Twickenham where people have claimed they weren't out. And, well... You know, the evidence would say that you were—it was much closer than you're telling us. So, and, and even then, we're not taking it seriously when we say that. We're just—it's just quite a nice little tool to deal with those guys that every club has who are just never, ever out. Anyway, as I was saying, I totally get the limitations, but for me, it's been a revelation, and I'd I really hope that um, that other clubs would would think about it as, as possibly a way forward. Folks, we've we've gone on quite a long time here. I think there's been some really interesting ground covered. Certainly, plenty more to to get our teeth into when we next. Convene, um, but in the meantime, um, winter well, folks. Don't uh, don't do anything I wouldn't, and we'll hopefully chat again in a couple of weeks. Well,
2: I'll see. Hopefully, be I'll see you all at the league dinner on the nineteenth, eighteenth, eighteenth of eighteenth uh, of the month.
1: Absolutely, and I look I forward. About that I look in, forward
2: to, I look. I look forward to it very much. Cheers, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Sam. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Bye.